become a change maker in the health industry today. Enroll for the Functional Nutrition course and become an internationally recognized expert on the vitalistic philosophy of food and nutrition with our friends at the Functional Nutritional Academy. Register now and receive a six-week bonus accreditation course providing you with the business tools to start and grow your own business and get a whopping $1,000 discount. So don't delay. Start your healthcare career today at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash functional. That's thewellnesscouch.com forward slash functional. This edition of 100 Not Out is proudly brought to you by our 2018 longevity experience to the Greek island of Ikaria. Known as the island where people forget to die, Ikarians experience 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, and 20% less heart disease, and live longer than anyone else on the planet. To find out why this is and experience Ikaria for yourself, come join myself, Damien Christoph, and an intimate group of like-minded souls for an all-inclusive 9-night, 10-day life-changing immersion. Watch the highlights video, get all of your info, and apply on over at 100notout.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and it gives me great pleasure, as always, to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. I want to call him the king of poo, the master of poo. I want to call him the one I see of poo. But no, we have the prince of poo on or the, the regal of poo. We have just some poo legends on. And how many times can we say <laughs> poo or poop as our guest today has called <laughs> it, the PC chance. version? But uh, Damien Christoph, welcome as always to 100 Not Out. Oh, thanks, PC. PC, PC poo, my mate. Damo, Damo, we are going to date stamp this episode very shortly, but before we do, we must remind all of our wonderful listeners that this episode of 100 Not Out, proudly brought to you by the Mediterranean Ikarian Longevity Experience, hosted by Damo and myself, June 25 to July 4, 2018, on the island where people forget to die, that is the Greek island of Ikaria. Come and learn with us, get breakthroughs on your life, purpose and career, on the way you move your body, the way you socialize, the way you eat the way you engage with humanity, get ready for the bucket list item of a lifetime, June 25 to July 4, 2018. All details go to 100notout.com. Now, Damo, um, let let me bring on our very special guest and then let's date stamp this just like you have never date stamped a podcast before and um, and let's get into talking all things poo and poop. But our very special guest, it's been over two years since the wow, Prince really? of Poop joined us on 100 Night Out. He is the author of the Gut Healing Protocol book. He is the author of the Art of Probiotic Nutrition book. He is the creator of the Gut Healing Summit, and his most recent project is the Gut Movie. He is a very dear friend of the Wellness Couch. It is a very warm 100 Night Out. Welcome to Mr. Kale Brock. Hello, Kale. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, look, it's always, here, it's always a pleasure. Now, let's just get the uh, nasties the out of the way. We have a Richmond supporter <laughs> in that the King of Poo is a Richmond supporter. The Prince of Poop <laughs> is an Adelaide supporter. And by the time this episode comes out, which will just be a couple of days after the grand final, one of you will be living the dream and one of you will be Victorious. wallowing in... <laughs> 
Poo. Sadness. Poo. You'll be wallowing in poo. <laughs> You'll be wallowing in poo. <laughs> just just because right. only a very small minority of our listeners will care about this, is there anything that you guys will want to say off the top of the bat before we get into the gut movie? Mm, bad luck, Demo. Yeah, so sorry for you, Kale. <laughs> you, it's a shame that Tex played such a bad game. I'm sure if he had played better, um, you guys might have come out on top, but... Uh, and to see Eddie miss so many shots at goal, it's just unbelievable. Uncanny. Oh, I just have to say that Damo looked particularly attractive with his um, Dustin Martin tattoos. My neck tattoos. <laughs> Get in. Get around him. If you, if you oh, haven't I got around him, just, check him out on just, Facebook. Damien Christoph uh, on Facebook. I wouldn't Facebook. get adjusted by you. <laughs> <laughs> neck tattoos. There's um there's actually been a mural painted in Melbourne on the on the wall on a wall in Richmond and it was painted by Puma and it's of Dusty Martin. It's, uh, it's were you the model for it? Did they did they obviously couldn't afford Dusty? Were you the model? They said, "Can we get <laughs> no, someone that they got the real Dusty? Looks they like got Dusty, walks like Dusty. I'm just chatting like Dusty. Dusty. I didn't get I didn't get Dusty tattoos. I just, I got just got neck tattoos. We're oh, gonna have to start calling you Dusty Christoph, I think. <laughs> Dr. Dusty. Dr. Dusty Christoph. Now, all right, that's enough football. As much as I love football, you, we all love football. A lot of our listeners yes. are here for, they want to know they all about uh, what it takes to master the art of aging well. And, uh, Kale, you have been on a fascinating expedition over to Namibia uh, to spend some time with a group of uh, people called the Sun people spelled s-a-n um you were there for just over a week uh you have collated your findings and your experiences into a movie titled the gut movie which will be screening all around the country just to off the top let's hit it adelaide melbourne albury perth cairns brisbane gold coast sunshine coast byron bay smart man sydney and avoca beach all those dates in november of this year kale brock you've been a busy boy and you're only going to get busier Tell us what, uh, why Namibia? Why did you choose to go over there to put the gut movie together? <laughs> um, I think when we did the gut healing summit and I was speaking with people like Damo and all those different experts, there was a lot of talk of um, whether the optimal microbiome does exist and how far back we'd have to go to actually find it if it did exist. And um, a good starting point for that was to go to some sort of culture who had very little, if any, exposure to antibiotics and Western medicine because these are things which can, um, you know, potentially permanently shift the microbiome. If you look at people like Dr. Martin Blazer, they talk about missing microbes and stuff from antibiotics. So it's a fascinating situation and I thought I think the best um, scenario for, for any sort of movie on the gut and the microbiome would be to actually go and visit one of these cultures and and test their microbiome and actually see what sort of gut bacteria they have. So um, I put the feelers out there. I spoke with a, a good friend of mine who actually coordinated the trip. He's an African tour guide. And he said, yeah, there's actually this one culture um, or this one tribe called the Sun. And uh, a subset of them still live traditionally and open themselves up to tourists every now and then to actually come and experience um, how they live. So we spoke with them. And that was obviously it's quite close to the area where Jeff Leach is um, doing his research with the Hudza in oh. Tanzania. Yeah, so um, we thought that was a pretty good uh, so place to go. So these guys never experienced antibiotics ever. Is that it's hard. It's hard to ascertain, but they do not have access to Western medicine essentially. Um, well, isn't that well, easy? To, isn't that easy to ascertain then? 
Unless, yeah, unless a tourist slipped it in their mouth in the middle of the night. Exactly. And because it is a foundation, um, working with people from the West, uh, often there is a lot uh, people who have good intentions who bring in sorts of these sorts of things to, um, to help out. But uh, we were able to speak with them and we um, can say with a lot of, a little bit of certainty that um, they're not likely to have been exposed to antibiotics before. So yeah, they do live very, a very primal life and uh, very simple existence. It was really cool to see. How how old are they? Like in terms of how old their culture? Are we talking twenty thousand years, like the Aborigines, or eighty thousand years? Sixty thousand years. Oh, that's not yeah, old. That's so not very... enough. That's not enough for human yeah. research. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's amazing, is it? Because you think that antibiotics or penicillin only came into action in the nineteen forties, mm. and uh, and so we haven't really had access to antibiotics for a long time. But they've done so much damage, like ridiculous amount. I mean, they've done some good because they've stopped you know, raging infection and the spread of disease, you know, to a large extent. But now, as you know, with the overuse in agriculture and so on and so forth, it's become a huge problem. So it is amazing that they actually haven't been exposed uh, to antibiotics. So that's really interesting. So, like, what, what did you find? Like, what was uh, amazing about these guys over there, this whole tribe? What was, what was you know, quite unique about the way in which they lived? I mean, it was incredibly simple and, um, and without um, – belittling the experience I, I hope it was um amazing to see them sort of you know with their huts and and how basic they were and um walking around in loincloths and then you know donning some western clothes which they'd obviously found or been given at night time to keep warm and um just the way they lived it was a very slow existence um they just are so relaxed it's not even funny and i suppose that's something that you guys experienced in Icaria as well i was going to say did they have a coffee machine there pace, <laughs> no. <laughs> Damo no, wouldn't have, Damo no. would have been able to get by then. Were they serving frappe? <laughs> they weren't serving frappe and probably no um, no feta cheese or spanakopita either, I bet you. No, just a bit of bush potato and some kudu. <laughs> some what? Did it take you? Some kudu. So, What's kudu? Kudu is an antelope, like a, like a big deer. Oh, oh mm. like an animal? Yeah, like oh. an animal. They eat animals. <laughs> antelope. Paleo. I thought you said cantaloupe. I was um, like, oh, right. <laughs> so, it's a fruit with legs. <laughs> Kale, did you find it difficult to adjust to their the speed of um, their lifestyle? No, I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's I prefer that over being is really fast paced and stuff. Hey, is that fast? Kale speaks as if he had challenge trying to slow down. <laughs> he's speaking so slow, he's nearly going backwards. So we've we've edited uh, Kale onto double speed just to keep up. Okay. Yeah. Um, try and speed up. So in terms of in terms of their lifestyle, I'm sure. I mean, I, I know I know I find it fascinating. I'm sure our listeners will like. Can you describe a number of things in terms of um, how often how how long do they sleep? What's their normal sleeping habits? And I'd love to know how often. Um, and what portions of food they eat. Yeah, so from what we saw, they um, probably, you know, it was just like a normal sleeping routine, probably eight to ten hours. Um, they'd very slow in the morning, wake up, make a little fire because it was quite cool in the morning and they'd just sit around the fire in like a full squat position. Even the the old, old men, like a 70-year-old, are just sitting um, in full squat, you know, bum to heels. It was pretty cool to see that as, a, as someone who's interested in exercise. And then um, in terms of food portions, it's quite – 
uh, spare or sparse, sorry, and um, they sort of snack throughout the day on stuff that they harvest. So within like a two or three kilometer radius around the village, there's so much food available and you just you cannot see it and it was really interesting we were walking one day and i'll give you an example we were walking and we're doing some harvesting having some berries and some little bush truffles and things like that and then um, we were getting really thirsty and they're like oh we'll show you this special trick so they're walking along and they just stop and pick out this um, plant that just looks just completely random you know you can't even distinguish it from any other plant and they're like down there there's some water we'll go get it so we sat there and watched um everyone just chilled out and watched while one of the guys started digging in the ground he probably dug like almost a meter underground and pulled out this massive tuber like this big water root that um we all shared and ate and it had the texture of a cucumber and then the old man sat there and like squished it all up and squeezed all the water out of it you know and it was just those things wow. that were so fascinating to me that for them it's just a part of their everyday life and you know it, it bringing it back to the gut story that interaction that everyday interaction with the soil with the environment um was having a major impact on their microbiome and you could see that when we actually um had a look at their microbiomes when we brought them back to australia Oh, that's what I'm really looking forward to revealing. You know, on the movie, I just can't wait to find out. You know, to the extent to what their their microbiome was different to yours at the start, and then to the extent to what yours changed. Um, mm. Do you go into that in the movie? Yeah, yeah, we do. And you know, it's it's hard to go. It's hard to go very specific because obviously, I want the movie to be. Um, comprehensive in a way for, for the everyday person as well. So it is a balance between trying to um, educate people and, and talk about certain species of microbes, but also trying to keep it as um, as general as it can be so that the everyday person can understand that, um, you know, they do have a different microbiome than myself, which is completely expected because they live in such a different environment. And um, my microbiome changed in a very significant way whilst I was there in only a week living with them. That was the real shock for me was I thought, you know, maybe we'll get a few different changes and all that sort of stuff, but it changed significantly over the course of a week. So that was pretty fascinating Wait. to see. And of course, the, um, the poo collection <laughs> the microbiome sample collection was quite uh, amusing as well, which makes for pretty good viewing. I was going to say, did you film that too? Did you bring some home? Uh, yeah, yeah, we had to so bring a fair bit of poo home. You actually brought their poo home. We did, yeah. We had um, we worked like with Smart DNA. I think you guys oh. might have spoken to Margie Smith. We worked with them and I had all the import permits and stuff just in case, but I carted the poo around with me and brought it in back. A flask, actually, in, a, in a flask? Or how did you, what did you do there to keep it warm enough? Just in these little, no, nah, it's just in like a sample preservative. <laughs> steamy poo. A little temperature-controlled environment. Yeah. But I physically collected Kept it. at 36 degrees. I did the collection. Did you have a poo spoon? Did you have a poo spoon? A poopy scoopy? A poopy, a little, um, a poopy scooper? Long earbud thing. Yeah, I went full. Oh oh my gosh. I remember watching um, Lola Berry get into a bin and pull out food from cafes that they'd thrown out, and she's going, Look at all this waste we could be feeding people with. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, who is this girl getting into a bin to pull out food? She's on the front cover of MX magazine. And now my great mate, Kyle Brock's digging into someone else's poo and bringing that back to Australia. Yeah, can't you deal with a bit of – can't you deal with this, Domo? Are you finding this difficult? <laughs> funny. Well, it's, I'm not finding it difficult, but it's – you know when someone else vomits, it's not 
it's not as nice. So the, the king of poo <laughs> is about the king of poo at the moment is handing over his throne because he actually can't even deal with the visual of handling poo. I mean, go down to the beach and look at the dog owners that are picking up poo every morning. That's why I don't own a dog, mate. This is, <laughs> this is why I'm a cat. you are you are right now at this very moment handing over your throne. To the Prince of Poop. The Prince of Poop. It's a big leap. It's a big leap. Is, it's well, a big the leap. Prince of Poop is actually displaying by his actions, which he had the temerity to even record on video, to actually then yeah. proclaim that he is actually the King of Poo, considering that the King won't even touch it. Well, this is the future. I think you've, just, you've taken a big leap there, Marcus Pearson. You've gone right <laughs> off track. So, Kyle, did you learn anything over there that you thought that you might not have learned? Like, was there anything that kind of just caught your attention? Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I learned that. From the gut standpoint, it certainly was that um, the importance of environmental interaction uh, um, on your gut microbiome. So, you know, exposing yourself to the microbes that are in your environment. Um, so for me, it really solidified and it's probably just another excuse for me to start going surfing a lot more, um, to go in the ocean and, and, um, go out and go for bushwalks in bare feet and expose yourself to the soil and, and different things like that. But I think a massive, um, less scientific, I suppose, uh, aspect of their lifestyle that I brought back was the pace. And um, you guys, I'm sure, would resonate with this and just that connection with their food supply. You know, living a nice, slow lifestyle, a sustainable lifestyle, and then being really connected to your food supply, so growing your food all. I started um, going fishing again when I got back because I was really excited when we went hunting over there. I thought this is, you know, this is there's something in this that's very primal and is checking a box that um, inherently is inside of me that I really want to to get done. So, um, Have you caught anything? I did. I had some. I had some good success at the start. I haven't had much success. Beginner's lately, luck. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I got some good trevally when I got oh, back. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Good on you. Mm. Good on you. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I'm, I'm really fascinated. I'm really. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Um, while you're over there, did you experience uh, the way in which their culture you know, stayed together? Like, were they very social? Did mm. they um, spend a lot of time together as a family, or did they all go, go off hunting and then come back just to hang around a fire at night time? What's this like? What's their culture like in and around family and community? I was very community minded. So it, within the community, it was hard to tell because we had people walking in and then leaving. But there were probably about thirty individuals in this community, and um, we couldn't even tell who was. You know, um, some of the guys said, "Yes, th- this is my wife," and um, you couldn't even tell. You know, they didn't um, hang around cuddling and stuff like that. It was a very um, community based uh, environment where children would run from one woman to another and um you just you didn't know who was who was who and they'd all sit around a fire it was interesting to see that the girls sat around one fire and then the men sat around another for the most part and you know the men's fire was very quiet and very um you know not much said and then the women would would chatter and laugh and be loud and funny and joke and stuff it was that was really cool and interesting to see and everyone was very comfortable with that the men would go and hunt and the, the old men would lead the hunt and then the women would um do the gathering gathering and they sort of knew a lot of the um, intimate secrets of, you know, the gathering where things were held and stuff. So it was really fascinating to see. But like I said, there's such a strong aspect of community. Um, The men feel like brothers and the women feel like sisters. You know, it was a really cool aspect of it. There was a lot of love in that environment, I felt. Um, I want to ask you, 
and this is something that I feel like uh, society kind of defaults to when they're learning something new is that they feel like they can't achieve this model that is presented because of any number of factors or excuses or whatever it is. Um, and, and, and that happens everywhere in health and wellness. You know, they can't do this, be, you know, they can't do whatever it is, vegan, paleo, CrossFit, whatever. You go to Namibia, do you find, ha- having come back, that there is, for want of a better term, a prototype microbiome? And follow-up question is, will the gut movie give people confidence that they can easily improve their health? I think so. And it takes the pressure off. I think a part of being involved in this field, and, you know, Damo and I have spoken about this a lot, um, is that there's a lot of um, black and white story going on. You know, I'm right, you're wrong. This is the only way to do it. I didn't want to do that with the movie. I feel like a lot of health documentaries now are filled with talking heads, um, talking and, and about health scare, health scare. Health scare. Yeah. Health yeah. scare, which yeah, is, which is not what I wanted to do with the film. I wanted it to be an entertaining story, you know, with commentary from people who weren't going to give it this black and white health scaring. And, um, but in saying that you also want people to feel inspired about, about gut health and, you yeah. know, getting healthy. So we tried to do that in a very gentle way. So for instance, um, we don't tell people exactly what to eat. You know, we give them um, fundamental uh, a framework to, to live within and we emphasize the importance of those of appreciating gut health and then so sort of, shooting on people. No, no. And, right. you know, because I think when you do that, you just, you I I don't want people to leave the cinema. I don't want people to um, feel negative after they've watched it. I don't want them to feel guilty, you know, about serving their their kids, you know, cigarettes for breakfast or whatever it was in that scene (laughs) and what the hell. You know, it's just a nice – Yeah, it's just a nice gentle discussion about the microbiome and um, some postulating about things we can do to actually improve it that are not that extreme. You know, I don't think we need to be extreme. If you look at the sun, they're not thinking about what they eat. They just eat what's available to them. And, um, you know, I would I would probably guess that other aspects of their lifestyle, like the community aspect, like the slow-paced, low-stress, are also contributing to their, their overall health. And you look at them and they're very lean. Some of the older guys are shredded. Like they got a six-pack and they're like 60 years old, you know. So it's really cool to see that and have – um, that sort of confirmed that there is so much more to um, the microbiome in the gut than just what we eat. That's very important, but there are other factors as well. So that's really what we wanted to generate through the movie was a was a discussion about the gut. You know, can we break down that taboo of um, poo? You know, because poo in some instances is reversing multiple sclero- sclerosis. You know, if you, wow. I'm speaking with wow, um, really? Professor Thomas Barodi, and he's got a paper for me showing that he had three MS patients who um, came in for their constipation. He treated them with the FMT that the constipation went away and their MS also went away. And one of the guys has had had no MS now for 15 years. Wow. How is this not – oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't know why we're not talking more about that. There's a whole Mm. lot of things that we're not talking about enough of and um, and I think that this movie is going to highlight – um, and hopefully open up to greater discussion. It's going to be really fascinating because um, this movie will draw a lot of attention. There'll be a lot of people looking at it. There'll be a lot of medics looking at it. There'll be a lot of uh, people in the health industries looking at it, and which I'm really excited about. 
And I really hope that people, when they come to watch it, they they come with an open mind. They leave with an even more open mind, asking more questions, as opposed mm. to uh, feeling like they've got all the answers. I think that's the danger we found ourselves in these days: is that once we've got an answer, they think that there's no more questions to ask. Mm, and yes. I hope that's not the case with this. Yes, it's exactly on track with that. Did you have a final question, Damo? That's it. That was a statement. Cool. No worries. Well, <laughs> let's just let's just be very clear here. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven opportunities to catch the gut movie in cinemas around Australia. Adelaide, Melbourne, Albury, Perth, Cairns, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, Byron Bay, Sydney, and Avoca and Beach. Kale's house. Kale's house in Avoca Beach. <laughs> Is it actually? I'm in Avalon, Avalon house? Day, mate. Oh, righto. Okay. <laughs> Broadcast from your house. <laughs> Head on over to kalebrock.com.au. You'll see links to the gut movie there and also his fabulous books and courses. Kale, it's been an absolute joy to have you back on 100 Not Out. Congratulations on what you've been able to achieve, uh, really in such a short space of time, particularly with uh, the trip over to Namibia and to bring this information to the world. Well done. All the very best with the national tour for the Gut Movie and thanks so much for joining us on 100 Not Out. Thank you for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure. And uh, up the crows. Go on, Go, boys. that's a hike. Come on, hike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to get you there. You got me there first. Oh, well, I'll, I'll be fascinated to see... We'll be fascinated to see who is the happier of the two once this episode comes out. To find out more about Damien Christoph, head on over to DamienChristoph.com. Myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. Come join us in Icaria, June 25, 2018, for a 10-day trip of a lifetime. Go to 100notout.com for all the information. We'd love to hear your feedback. Go to TheWellnessCatch.com. Leave us a five-star rating at the iTunes store. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Yellow and black For the pride of South Australia (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this edition of 100 Not Out Now if you love this episode and you love longevity Then you are invited to join Damien and I At our 2018 longevity experience On the Greek island of Ikaria. This is a 9 night, 10 day All inclusive immersion based at Thayer's Inn and Restaurant TripAdvisor's number one place to be in Ikaria. Together, we'll be living the Icarian lifestyle, eating, moving, dancing, socializing, learning, and a whole lot more. This is a lifestyle that has 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, 20% less heart disease, and the highest count of centenarians per capita in the world. They don't call it the island where people forget to die for nothing. To find out more and to apply, go to www.100notout.com. Applications are processed on a first-in, first-served basis, so even if you aren't 100% sure, your best bet is to fill out the application form. It is completely free to apply and only takes two minutes. We would love to have you there, so head over to 100notout.com for all the info. Until next week, thanks again for your support and may the rest of your life be the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.